Welcome to Broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience in Allen, Texas or at church1132.com. Will you turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 3? Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 1. <clears throat> Let me just say, you know how much I love. You know how much I love to preach on the cross. Love to talk about the blood of Jesus, the cross. But let me just say this. After he died on the cross, after he was buried, after he was resurrected, after he ascended to heaven, Jesus left us with two things. He left us with the Holy Spirit, and he left us with the Word of God. We better fall in love with them. We better get to know those two things. Though The Word of God and the Spirit are at the heart of Christ. It's the, it's the heart of his, it's his beat. It's the heartbeat of Christ. And so we want to look at the Word of God. We want to value the Word of God because it really is alive and powerful. Ezekiel 3, verse 1, this is our, our theme passage, a verse from our theme passage. And, and he said to me, Son of man, eat what is before you. Eat the scroll. As Pastor Dustin talked last week, the scroll we know to be the Word of God, the living Word of God, the Bible. Eat the scroll, then... Go and speak to the people of Israel. Now, there's a pattern that we're going to be following today, and I want you to, 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 to get with me. It's eat the scroll, be empowered by the scroll. Okay? We don't just eat the scroll and get fat. Okay? We eat the scroll for a reason, to be empowered by the scroll. Son of man, eat what is before you. Eat the scroll, then go and do do the works of the Lord. Do the great exploits. And speak to the people of Israel. Now, I just want to ask, how many of you have ever seen a, either a whole episode or a part of an episode of Popeye the Sailor Man? I just need to know. It's a serious question. Oh, we got a little more here, all right? I understand millennials. It's not the hottest thing right now, but I, I have a prediction. I have a prediction. This is... Papa the Sailor Man is the, the newest, the newest superhero. Hero. It's going to happen. This is the newest one that retread. Saw Wonder Woman this week. Awesome. I understand that. But Wonder Woman ain't going to have nothing on Popeye the Sailor Man. I'm just telling you right now. It's happening. It's a prophetic word or a pathetic word. I don't know. One of the two. Popeye. He's about this big. He wears a little white sailor outfit. Okay, he's about this big, cannot beat and kill a fly. I mean, he is a wimp, all right? And, but then there's this other guy. It's his nemesis. His, his name is Brutus, and he's huge. He's massive. He's strong, and he's mean, and he's a bully. Okay, he's just really a brute. And, of course, they have the same love interest, and her name is affectionately known as Olive Oil. All right? <laughs> olive Oil. It's kind of crazy. Olive Oil. And so Olive Oil is who they're always after. And so the, the, it's, it, this happens every episode. Okay? Uh, Brutus is messing with Popeye and disrespecting him, kind of like Keon did to me today. And, and <laughs> it's mean. And, and then finally, every episode... Every episode, Pipe, he'll go, I stands all I can stands. I can't stands no more. Okay, I know some of your moms have said that to you. That's not original. That's from Pipe. Okay, hashtag Pipe cred. All right, so, so here we do. Here it is. 
and then he would get that can of what? Spinach. Could you imagine? Spinach? I'm sure it's non-GMO. Spinach. All right? And cold, out of the can. I cannot imagine anything worse. I mean, I think I'd rather eat grass clippings or something. And, and, and he throws it down his throat. All right? And then all of a sudden, it's like the Incredible Hulk. He gets these huge biceps, and it's just as big. And he becomes this man, and he goes and he whoops up on Brutus and, and teaches him a lesson and boom, and throws him away. And every episode, he ends leaving with his lady olive oil. That's the way it happens, you know. So he takes the spinach, and he gets the power. Let me just say this. Much like what we're going to talk about today, as we eat the scroll, we're going to receive the power. As we eat, as we ingest the word of God, there's going to be supernatural change that happens. How many of you want change in your life? How many of you want change in the way you think? How many of you want change in what you speak? How many of you want change in your actions? Let me just say this. I do. I want change. Will you stand up with me, please? Just stand up with me all over. And I want you to say this right now as we begin. I want you to say this. I'm ready for change. change. Say it again. I'm ready for change. Like you really mean it. I'm ready for change. change. Father, this is our prayer today. This is cry of our heart from our mouth. Lord, we want change. And we are so grateful that you are the change agent. You've given us your spirit. You've given us your word. And now we ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would have full reign in our lives and in this time. And Lord, that you would grab a hold of the word of God, illumine it to our souls, that we would see change in our lives for your sake. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen Amen and amen. Please be seated. Over the last couple months as I've prayed for our congregation, I feel like the Lord has laid kind of a heavy, heavy word that I wanted to start with this morning. And the word is this. I feel like there, that we as a church and individuals in the church, there can be a disconnect between our church lives and our private lives. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not preaching on hypocrisy or calling anybody hypocrite. That's not where I'm going at all. That's not the heart of where this is. But what this is, it's, it's literally because I understand this is genuine love that we have. Our church has genuine love, genuine excitement, a desire for all that God has for us. You know, we've gone to camps. We've been at conferences. We do the small groups. We've gotten right with God. Man, we are so committed. We, we, we serve on the lead team. We go to deeper. We love to worship God. But when we go home, we go back to normal. You see, we're loving with our lips, but we're losing with our lives. And it's a heavy word. And it'd be an ugly word if that's where we're staying. We're not going to stay there. But the bottom line is, we, we go home, and as much as in passion, we've been passionate and sincere before the Lord, and, the whole, and we've had experiences with the Holy Spirit, we continue to struggle in these same sin patterns that we've had for years. There's some addictions that we continue to deal with, ungodly thought patterns, negativity, insecurity, 
Isn't that a shame that we can literally be with the creator of the heavens and earth and him touch us and minister to us and bring life to us and we can have an understanding of the cross that he loves us so much he sent Jesus down the cross for us on Sunday and we're worshiping and on Wednesday we're struggling with insecurity at school. We're struggling at, 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 at work and we're struggling. You see, that's not God's desire. Some of us struggle with depression or anger. You know, we're here worshiping today, holding our wife's hand, you know, and then we're yelling at them on Tuesday. Yeah, it's not what God's called us to. You know, we're, we're praying for our parents to get saved and then we go home and we're yelling. We've got anger and we're getting mad at them and disrespectful to them. You know, there's jealousy that we deal with, guilt and condemnation. We know what the cross, we know the message of the cross. But then we're sitting there during the middle of the week and we feel guilty and we feel shame. Either for something in the past or something we've just recently done. Instead of just grabbing a hold of the love that that God has for us on the cross. Some of us struggle with rebellion, fear, dealing with fear. Why should we fear? God has not given us a spirit of fear. Why should we fear? We struggle as we're lifting our hands to worship God, as we're pressing in, we're shouting out to God, and then we go home and we're dealing with perversion, and our minds are going all kind of places, and it's, it, and it's not right. It's sick. Some of us struggle with pride, and we have unforgiveness, even though we've been forgiven of everything, and we know it, but then we're not willing to forgive when we're offended. We struggle with selfishness, materialism. It goes on and on. But the bottom line is, you know, we love God but we hate that we aren't godly. I'll say it again. We love God, but we hate that we're not godly. We are so grateful for the changes that we have made in our lives, but we hate the changes that we've not made in our lives. We desperately desire to see that change happening. Bottom line is we're struggling with strongholds. We're struggling with strongholds. What is a stronghold? A strong, you can look, see the definition. A stronghold is a strong, unhealthy pattern of thinking that stands against God's word and his will for our lives. Something that's against God's word, God's will for our lives, and it's in our mind. It's a, it's a pattern in our mind. How does it happen? How do we get strongholds? You just get them. You do. We grow up. We have experiences. We have circumstances. We have loss. We have environments. We have situations. Uh, And we begin to start carving through our minds. And these patterns develop. And it it just happens. It just happens. That the strongholds just happen. You know, um, and what they do is they literally develop like a mental or emotional mold or pattern that needs to change in our mind. I want you to write this down. The strength is in the scroll. The strength is in the scroll. You see, God's word, even though we do struggle with strongholds, even though we aren't where we want to be, okay, right now, we're grateful for where we've come from. We're not where we want to be. We understand there's still patterns that we have that need to be broken, healed, and delivered. But God's word, you need to understand, it's able. God's word is able to change us. God's word is able to free us. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 
verses 4 and 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. It says, For the weapons that we fight with, they're not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power for the demolishing of what? Strongholds. What's a stronghold? A strong, unhealthy pattern of thinking, all right, that stands against God's word and and his will for our lives. And so we've been given weapons, the weapons of our warfare, to destroy strongholds. So we're not sitting here with these strongholds and, and, and being hopeless, okay? That this is just the way it has to be. It doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to, you don't have to walk in those things. We are free not to walk in that stuff. We're free to walk in freedom. We are. You can have free you, freedom. You can walk in victory. Verse 5. We demolish... Once again, it says we have the power to demolish strongholds, and he goes and kind of describes them. We demolish these arguments and every pretension, these things up in the mind, that sets itself against what? The knowledge of God, God's Word, the scroll, what God's Word says about us. And so you have God's Word that says something, but then you have the enemy that says this. These strongholds that have this, say this. And it ends by saying, take every thought captive. Don't just, let, don't just let your mind go crazy. You are the only steward of your mind. Can I just tell you that God's not in charge of your mind. Your mama and your grandmammy ain't in charge of your mind. You are in charge of your mind. Well, my mind keeps going up. Well, do something about it. Well, what do I do about it? Well, I'm glad you're here because I'm going to tell you. Yes, I am. I'm going to tell you. The scroll is alive and active and sharp. It's powerful. It convicts us. It frees us. It transforms us. It guides us. God's word comforts us. It leads us. And it gives us hope. God's word is true. It's good. It's precious. It's awesome. We're thankful for God's word. Psalm 119. All right? Psalm 119. I call it the scroll chapter, all right? Because it's talking about the Word. How many interns do we have here? Okay. How, how many of you have ever had to be made it all the way to 119 with your punishment, all right? We have some of those. Okay, there we go. So they get punishment. Okay, this is the way we don't beat them or anything like that when they're late, but we make them write out Psalms. So if you get to 119, you know there's a before, okay, 119 and a after 119, all right? You know that because 119 has 176 verses in it, all right? I hardly can read it, much less write it, all right? Let me just say this. There's some precious, precious verses in there. I'm not going to obviously read all of them, but I'll read a few of them. Follow with me on the screen. Uh, verse 1. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. You see, the law of the Lord, the scroll, it makes our ways blameless. Blessed are those who keep the statues and seek him with all of our hearts. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? How does that happen? How can we be pure? By living according to the word. Hello, scroll living. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Is that getting the hashtag scroll living? That's it, scroll living. All right, there we go. Verse 20. Let's go back to the other one. I was distracted. I have hidden your word in my heart. We get the word in our heart, what? That we might not sin against him. What keeps us from sinning? The word of God. My soul is consumed with longing for your laws at all times. I just wonder, do any of us just say, I just got to get in the word. That's 
That's what he's saying. I just need the word. I'm consumed with the word of God. Your statues are, are my delight. They are my counselors. The word of God counsels us. My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to the word. We get, strong, we get strength from the word. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. How we get our eyes away from worthless things? Don't just say, oh, I'm not going to look at that. I'm not going to think. You get the word. You replace it with the word of God. It says, preserve my life according to your word. How are we even alive? Because of well, his word. All right? I will walk about in freedom. Tells you right there how, do, how you walk in freedom. I'll walk about in freedom because I have sought your precepts. I've sought your word. Remember your word to your servant, for you have given me hope. Hope comes from the word. Anybody here struggling with hope? Okay. He's, he says right here that you have hope. We get hope from the word. You are good, and, and, and what you do is good. Teach me your decrees. The law, y'all tired yet or is it good yet? Okay, good. All right. I figured I'd just do this and pray and we'd be done, all right? So, so good. The law from your mouth is more precious to me than thousands of pieces of silver and gold. Honestly, I mean, are we at that point? We need to be at that point. We've got a bag of gold. That or the word? Let's go with the word because we understand what the word does. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have preserved my life. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it. We're going to be talking about meditating on it day, all day long. I've kept my feet from every evil path so that I might obey your word. How sweet are your words to taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light into my path. It gives us direction. You are my refuge. The word is a refuge. It's a, the word is a shield. He says, for I have put my hope in your word, direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. Let no sin rule over me because we have the word of God. So how do we experience that strength of the scroll? Yeah, how do we break these strongholds? What do we do in order to, get, to be able to get free? First of all, you got to think the scroll. Think the scroll. You need to write this down. Your freedom depends upon your thinking. You want, you want freedom? Just, just evaluate what your thinking is. What's your thinker thinking? Okay? And that tells you if you're walking in freedom or not. Okay? And it will determine the direction of your freedom. It's not easy. It's not easy to think differently, is it? You know why? Because you've been thinking this way all your life. We have patterns built up all our lives, and it's, and it's, just, it's, it's not easy just to change them. How do you not think the way you've always thought? I mean, that's, I'm going to answer the question today, but it's a good question. You've always thought this way. This is the way we've always done it. I've always, when this happens, I think this way. This is how I handle this. This is the way I think. And it's worthless, and it leads to death. It doesn't bring life to us. So we're going to figure out how to do it. We do it by changing the patterns in our mind, okay? I'm not talking about new age stuff. I'm talking about the old age stuff, the, the living stuff, forever stuff, all right? The word of God, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Here it is. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Here's the deal. We have. The bad news, we have. And we do, Okay? Our minds have been conformed to the patterns of this world. But the scripture says, 
Furthermore, he says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformed. Now, y'all know what I think about sci-fi, right? I think it's worthless, all right? I can't stand anybody who posts about sci-fi. I call them nerds, okay? Geeks. Jamie Bates, all right? So, it's okay, you know? Everybody, hey, aren't we all best friends with Jamie anyway? That's what I'm talking about. So, Jamie, you got this Transformer thing. I know this has got a movie thing. And so I think you got like some car, okay? And it's a normal car. And then, and then it becomes some like trapezoid or something, you know, <laughs> of the galaxy or, you know, whatever, you know. And so that's what happens, okay? It actually becomes something else. It's still the same substance, but it becomes something else. And that's what he's saying. He's saying right here, to, 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 it says be transforming. How do we transform? Renewing our minds. The problem is our mind is conformed to the world. We have the world. All right. The good news is we, he says that we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Psalm 119, the passage of scroll the scroll passage. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against God. How'd you hide it? You meditated. You sit there and you meditate. And the way we renew our minds is by meditating. Meditating day and night. Getting God's word and praying God's word. Find out what the situation is. Find out what the lie is. Okay? Get a word. Replace the lie with the truth. And you do it over and over and over and over. And you don't do it just by reading. Okay? You do it by praying. So when you pray the word of God, you begin to meditate. And then you begin to form new patterns. Verse 15. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. Verse 97. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it day and night. I want to just give an illustration real fast. So let's just imagine this is a piece of metal, okay? This is a piece of metal, and it represents our mind, all right? So if, if, if you have a small little magnet, and, and you run it across the same pattern on that piece of metal over and over and over again, okay? Do you know that when you put some metal fragments there, and you go like that, the metal fragments will stay because the magnet has magnetized that trail. The trail has become magnetized. Okay, this is what happens. We have, our minds have been conformed to the world. Insecurity, 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 insecurity. Fear, fear, rejection, rejection, perversion, 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 perversion. Perversion. You can go on. And so this is our mind conformed to the world. You put the fragments on there, you go like that, and you can see the trails. And that's our mind. Now, that's the bad news. The good news is God has a way bigger magnet. A lot stronger. So you got the big magnet, the Word of God, okay, coupled with the Holy Spirit. And we do this. We can't just ask the Lord to do this. This is our job. We take the word of God and where it said rejected, accepted by him, accepted by him, accepted by him, accepted by him. And you get the word of God, you quote the word of God. Where there's fear, fear. You go, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but love, power, and sound mind. God has not given me a spirit. And you keep doing it, okay? 
And so you over and over and over again. And I think about, um, uh, let's make sure, let me get my notes together here. Uh, transform, the, the larger, more powerful magnet will always win. Now, let me just say this, on the metal, there's still going to be some faint conform. Someday we'll be in heaven, and that won't be there, okay? But you got to be careful because what happens is we'll go to that default and go back to the old. When you're going, no, 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 no. And when you're the most pressed, when you're hurting the worst, when you're at your lowest, that's the best time to, to really dig in some great crevices. That's the best time. But much of the time, we as Christians, okay, we go to the old because that's what we know. And so we don't want to do that, all right? My... Um, my friend, Kirk Fontenot, uh, I grew up with him from fourth grade all the way to senior in high school. We played on every same team, went to the same school all the way up to the last couple years of high school. Basketball, football, baseball, track. We were literally on the same team. He was a phenomenal athlete. As a sophomore uh, in high school, he uh, was an all-state pitcher. He went 10-0 and in district, all-state pitcher. His senior year in high school, he's a starting quarterback. Uh, he got a scholarship to a... Uh, state University in, in, in our state, uh, full ride. Uh, I was at a different one. And, uh, you know, we kind of we, we lost a little touch because we were away. And back in the day, it wasn't easy to communicate. But uh, at the end of my freshman year, I decided that I needed to do something to better myself. I needed a new change. I needed to get right with God. I needed to move up, okay? So I, I made a move, okay? Got out of football, went to a different school, God touched me at that school. He quit because he got busted. He, he, he got, um, he got, I don't know if he quit or got kicked off, but he got addicted to drugs and he just, he drugged out. And this is a guy that's popular. Everybody loved him. Everybody wanted to be like Kirk. He was phenomenal, but he just got a hold of him. Couldn't get off of him. Ended up, like my senior year in college, he was in jail. And in jail, there was somebody who came and ministered to him. And he got saved. He got right with God. And he changed. And I know for a year or two or so, he was going to a spirit-filled church. He was doing well. And, and, I, and I, hadn't, I didn't move back. And so we weren't in touch. And, but then I know that he just fell. He just, these old patterns came back. And he fell back into the old patterns. Kirk became literally homeless. And for years and years, he rode his bike all, the way, all around the city. And everybody knew him as the famous athlete, Kirk Fontenot, the homeless, drugged-out guy. I remember going, and when, each time I'd go into the town, I'd look for him. I'd try to find him. I couldn't find him. And uh, come to find out, he would find out that I was trying to find him. He didn't want me to find him. One time, my friend said, look, when I see him, next time I see him, I'm going to stop, get the phone, and I'm going to hand him the phone. And he did that. He says, hey, Steve, I have Kirk here. Kirk wouldn't take the phone. He said, I can't talk to Steve. He's disappointed in me. Like, I'm not disappointed in you. I love you. Went back to try to find him. Couldn't find him. Found his, found his um, place where he was living in some little place, like utility room outside the garage. No air condition, no heating, with a sleeping bag, a bunch of porn magazines, drug paraphernalia, and a bunch of... Uh, liquor bottles, empty liquor bottles and beer cans. Couldn't find him. Two years later, I went back 
and I did his funeral. Went back and did his funeral. You see, Kirk had everything. He had it all going. He, he even got right with God and began to start these patterns. But what I'm going to say is bad patterns of thinking can follow you all the way to the grave if you'll let it. And here's the deal. It was Kirk's choice. It wasn't his mom's choice. It wasn't his dad's choice. It was his choice. And you have a choice. How long are you going to allow those bad, unhealthy patterns of thinking to rule your life? You don't have to be the depressed. You don't have to be the rejected. You don't have to be the addicted. You don't have to be addicted to porn. You don't. You don't have to be that person. God's Word says you're something different. How many of you are going to continue to listen that God's not good? God doesn't come through. You know, I can't break this addiction. I'm not special to God. You see, let me give you some answers right here from the Word of God. Romans 8, 6. If our minds are ruled by our desires, we will die. The mindset on the flesh is death. But if our minds are ruled by the Spirit, we have life and peace. The mindset on the Spirit is life and peace. And we have a choice. Where are we going to put our mind? The flesh or the spirit. So we need to think the scroll. We need to meditate on the scroll. Secondly, we need to speak the scroll. There's power in the spoken word. Believe you, me. God's power flows from our mouths. I think it's interesting that, that God could have spoke. He could have thought the world into existence. But what did he do? He spoke it into existence. The scripture tells us that life and death flow from the power of of the tongue. James chapter 3 verses 4 and 6. Let's just take a look at how small the tongue is and how powerful it is. Uh, a bit in the mouth of a horse, how small it is, all right, but it controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship, how small it is, but it turns in the midst of the strongest winds. A word from the tongue, a word from our mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. The tongue is strong. It's powerful. You see, this is what you need to write down. And you need to live this. God's word spoken with our words will change your world. God's word spoken with your words will change your world. Now let me say this. Don't just meditate on the scroll. You need to pray the scroll. Remember when we were getting ready to start the churches, and it was just a vision. It was like 24 years ago, and, uh, and, and during that, th at that time, there were very, very few churches that, that did not use a hymnal, okay, and sing hymns. And so, uh, and so part of the vision was, we're going to do something a little different, or a lot different. And, and so, I, this old-timer came up to me and said, Steve, and he said, hey, he says, you're not starting one of them 7-Eleven churches, are you? <laughs> uh, well, I do like a nice big gulp Diet Coke. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I, so I said, sir, I don't know what you're talking about. You know those churches that sing, and, and they sing songs that are seven words long, and they sing them 11 times? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I guess. I guess we are. Yeah. Psalm 136, give thanks to the Lord for he's good. 
His love endures forever. Give thanks to God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. 26 verses. God continues to repeat in this scripture, His love endures forever. I think I, I don't think we're a 7-Eleven church. We're more like a 426 all right, verse uh, church. All right, Just as long as we're not a 420 church, I'm good with it, all right? In Israel, there's a western wall. And it's, and when you go to the western wall, you'll see these men, these Jewish men. And, and you've seen them on TV probably. And, and I remember going there and watching. And, and they'd have their scroll. They'd have their Torah, the Word of God, the first five books of the Bible. And they would do this against them. And they're... And they're just over and over saying the word, saying the word, saying the word, praying the word. Pray. And they would do that. And then at the end, they'd lean up and they'd kiss the wall. And I thought about that as I was preparing this message. I'm thinking about somebody who loves the word and is praying the word. That's what, that's what he's doing. He's literally praying the word. But then I began to think, that we have it even better than that. I began to think, why is it, are they so close to the wall? And why do they kiss the wall? And I said, well, the wall of the temple and what was in the temple. And the Holy of Holies was the only place where the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit was. And so I began to grab it even this week. Not only do we have the phenomenal Word of God. Not only do we have this to be able to be praying, but we as believers, okay, we understand the veil has ripped from the top to the bottom. There's no more divide that we are, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We can press in to the Holy Spirit with the Word of God and pray the Word of God in the Spirit. And how much more change will happen when we do that, God's calling us to form new patterns, new patterns that, that he's called us to form. We can't stay with the old. We can't continue to be conformed to the old. Lastly, and very quickly, live the scroll. Think the scroll, speak the scroll, live the scroll. Three areas you've got to avoid in order to live the scroll. The first, sin not removed. You got to have the sin removed. Salvation removes the power of sin, but it doesn't remove the presence of sin. Unfortunately, we still got it around. And if you see in Romans chapter 13, verse 14, it says, put on Christ and make no provision for the flesh. See, you got to have sin removed. You got to set yourself up for success, not failure. Well, I just want God just to do it for me. No, you've got to do some things. You've got to set yourself up. 
think about Caitlin Palmer, who is now living with us. We love her, and I know you love her. She's one of our uh, graduate interns. And uh, a couple weeks ago, we were talking. Hannah was my, my daughter's talking about going, you know, two-stepping and having some friends that were going to go two-stepping. And I said, Caitlin, are you, you thinking about going? She goes, Oh no, no, no. It was no judgment at all on her part. She goes, Oh no, no, no. That's where I did all my party. That was my old life. I just can't go there right now. I'm not. I can't. I can't do that right now. Well, Hannah had no problem with it. I could take Lisa. We go two seven. That's not going to be a problem. But for Caitlin, she knew she'd set herself up for failure. Listen to me, people. It's time to get radical in removing the sin of our life. Hey, you know what? I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for people who are plagued, okay, for, with their phone. I, I just can't wait for the day that we have a whole bunch of guys and girls using flip phones. Yeah. Like, I forget it. I'm not doing it. I, I, I'm not using the computer anymore, you know? Jesus said, if your eye causes you to, to stumble, pluck it out. If your hand causes you to stand, sin, cut it off. I mean, that's serious. I understand it's not literal, but there is a point where we've got to get radical, people. If there's a relationship that's bringing you down, you need to cut it off. You need to cut it off. If social media is plaguing you, get it off. Delete it, for heaven's sakes. If you struggle with alcohol, don't go out with people who are drinking. Don't. We've got to get radical. We've got to remove the sin. Secondly, not only sin not re- removed, but pain not resolved will throw us down immediately. If we have pain not resolved... You know, wrong happens to all of us. We get hurt. I understand that. It's tough. We have lost. We have disappointments. We get offended. You cannot stay in your pain and walk in victory. You just can't. You can't. Well, what do I do with my pain? Well, God's word says, just happens to say in Psalm 107, he sent his word to heal them. He heals the brokenhearted is what he says. Not only does he heal them, but he delivers us us of our destructions. Whatever pain that you have, God has a plan. Listen to me. He has a plan. He can heal you. You press in. You believe him. You believe his word. You take your pain. You take your offense. You take your hurt. Lay it before his feet. He He says, I care for you. Cast your cares for me. On me because I care for you. Do that. Past not relinquished. Lastly. If you don't relinquish your past, if you don't get rid of it, it's going to pull you back. It will pull you back. The Bible says forget what lies behind. But you don't understand. You don't understand the guilt. You don't understand the condemnation I have. You don't understand the abortion. You don't understand the promiscuous life that I had. You don't understand the crime that I was involved in. You don't understand the divorce I went through. I don't, but God does. I didn't die for you, but Jesus did. You got to let it go. Don't let the worst of your life determine what the best of your life is going to be. Some of us look at the worst of our life and say, we can never be better. What? You're going to let the worst of your life determine? In an athletic, the worst play okay, that you're going to make, it's going to determine whether you're going to win. You can't do that. That's a loser. God hadn't called you to be a loser. You're a winner. He had called you to be a victim. He's called you to be a victor. And I have a word for someone here today. You can't continue to identify as a victim and walk as a victor. That's for somebody. That is for somebody. 
what we've got to do is we've got to make much of the cross. We've got to understand the cross. We've got to understand the past is the past. The blood of Jesus, it's covered. The Bible says he's cast our sin as far as the east is from the west. It says that he, he, has, he has re, he's removed our sin. He's put it into the depths of the sea. He says that not only has he removed our sin, but he has even forgotten our sin. He remembers it no more. The blood of Jesus, the power of the cross. Got to let the past go. This stuff will plague us. Let's finish. A few action items. You said you're ready for change, so here it is. Here's homework. Number one, determine the area that you need change. What is it? You walk in fear? Let's just say you have a pattern of fear, all right? Secondly, find the scripture that applies. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and sound mind. Grab it. Other passages on fear. Something, whatever, whatever the spirit touches your heart with. I mean, you can Google scriptures on fear, and you'll get it. It ain't that hard, okay? And, and right there, the word of God. Do it, all right? Number three, start praying the scripture out loud continually. You get that scripture and you start praying. Thank you, Lord. You've not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and sound mind. Thank you, God. You have not given me the spirit of fear, but of love, power, sound mind. And then when fear comes your way and you start like this, oh, no, 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 in Jesus' name. You've not given me a spirit of fear. You see, you're cutting new patterns. You're transforming. You're renewing your mind. You're bringing forth change in your life. Fourth. By the way, faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. The reason this works is faith. Okay? And the reason why we, the way we have faith, we have faith because it says faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. You got the word of God produces hearing. Okay, spiritual hearing. And when we spiritually hear, you know that aha moment? When you get the scripture, you're like, whoa, aha. Okay, then you have faith. And so that's how it works. And so you pray the word of God. And lastly, number four, deal quickly with sin. Deal quickly with your pain. Deal quickly with your loneliness. Deal quickly with your offense. Deal quickly with unforgiveness. You cannot... Walk in those things and walk as a victor. You just can't do it. You see, the strength is in the scroll. I want to finish by sharing this. My wife and I, Lisa's right here on the front row, and, and uh, we've shared this testimony with many of you, and you've heard the testimony that when we got married, you know, she was broken, and I was clueless. Okay, very clueless, all right? And so over the years, she's less broken, and I'm still clueless, all right? So that's kind of how it is. All right. And so she did not even know. It wasn't like she, she hid it from me. She just didn't know how broken she was. And as we began to move forward with God in our marriage, things started popping up. Now, not everybody that is adopted has a spirit of rejection and abandonment. But she has struggled with that. There's no doubt about that. And so we've worked through a lot of that. She, she had an eating disorder that she was struggling with. She struggled with perfectionism. Um, she struggled with performance. There were a number of different things that she was struggling with that she just didn't know how to handle. It was that conformed to the image. We just, we got, we just got conformed to the worldly image. It just happened. Nothing she did just happened. And so there was brokenness there. But I want you to know, when I've seen her at her worst, and I've looked at her and I said, Honey, I know you're at your worst. I know you're down. I know you're depressing. But I do know something. 
you're not a quitter. You're going to be fine because I've never seen you quit because I always see my wife, whether she's struggling or whether she's walking in victory, I see her feeding her soul the Word of God over and over. You can ask in our house if something comes out of somebody's mouth, okay, that's not the Lord, okay. No, 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 we don't speak that. No, no, we, that's not that's what God has for us. It's how she lives her life. And so, is there still some brokenness there? Yeah, on all of us. But for 28 years, I've seen this woman press in, get the Word of God, meditate on the Word of God, pray the Word of God, and now she walks in victory. In her mind, you would see, instead of the conformed to the world, you'd see the transformed by the renewing of the mind. It's for you. It's for you who think that you're always going to be that way. You're never going to change. It's for you who've been disappointed by God. You've been disappointed by God. And you're like, I, I, I don't know what to do. I, I, I'm struggling with God. I'm struggling with trusting. It's for you that's struggling with pornography and lust. It's for you. You don't have to be that way. It's for you that struggle with angers and temper. Oh, my dad had a temper. My granddad had I don't care. God didn't. His word says you don't have to. It's for you. It's for you. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about us at church1132.com.